Hello, my name is Nick Spacek, and you're listening to From and Inspired by a podcast about soundtracks and the people who make them. On this episode, we wrap up a month of spooky music by speaking with composer Sam Ewing about his work on the vampire movie The Shed, as well as his work with composer Bear McCreary. Composer Sam Ewing has slowly but steadily made a name for himself over the last few years, thanks to his work with the massive talent that is composer Bear McCreary on shows like The Walking Dead and films like the Happy Death Day series. However, Ewing has also started doing work on his own, and the composer's first solo score for director Frank Sabatella's vampiric horror, The Shed, was just released on vinyl from the folks that enjoy the ride records. We spoke with the composer by phone about his career. again yeah thanks so much because i mean i am really excited that you're getting your first big solo physical release this fall um thank you how'd you um come to be connected with the enjoy the ride folks well let's see um all through bear so i don't know how you know how much you know about my background i will i will assume you and readers know nothing um <laughs> i started working with bear mccreary who's a well-established film composer uh, back in 2014 and i was his intern turned assistant and i just kind of got in at a really good time with him and uh fast forward like six years five years something like that um so let's see um 
uh, Adam Green had approached Bear to score his um, his movie Victor Crowley, which is like it was his tenth anniversary surprise release of this movie that he made in total secret. And Bear said, "I can't do it, but my guys Sam and Jason can." So I code this. Uh, I co-scored this movie with Jason Akers, who's also who's in a similar position as me with Bear. Um, since then, we've kind of been doing our own things. And producer from Victor Crowley, Corey, Corey Neal, um, basically approached Bear again and said, hey, man, I've um, I've got this movie called The Shed. And um, do you want to do a similar arrangement? So Bear basically hooked me up. It's all Bear. That's that's how it happened. And um, yeah, it was, it was a fun ride. Uh, this so anyway, that's 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 my answer for for that question. <laughs> now, you uh, is the the fact that you do like a lot of horror slash other like genre type <laughs> yeah. stuff. Is that because you are involved with Bear, or is that also something that uh, appeals to you as a composer and musician? That's a, it's such a good question. It's such a good question. And uh, it's kind of like chicken or the egg, you know? Um, I think, I think I've always had an interest in horror music. And so this is actually, actually going back a little bit further, it's, it's pretty funny. I was at school at Berkeley College of Music writing, I guess even back then I was kind of like writing horror music and doing like mock ups and little, orchestral recording sessions for aleatoric music as we call it which is like really modern and scary sounding and, and, and whatnot um my professor at the time michael sweet said i like ran into him at a burger joint and he was like he was like mm -hmm. you should uh you should work for bear mccreary i feel like you guys would have like a, a good musical connection or whatever so um he like recommended me to the, the person who was hiring interns at the time so it all started with that so Honestly, like, I think I had that sort of interest to begin with, but it's also one of those things that, like, once you start doing something, I don't, like, pigeonholed is a strong word. I, I would never use that for my situation or bear situation, but it's just one of those things. You do it a lot, and I think people recognize you for that. Now I'm co-scoring, I co-scored The Walking Dead Season 10 with Bear, and so, like, it's just another thing that kind of perpetuates the kind of guy that you are. Fortunately, I really like that kind of music. I think Bear does too. It's just, you know, like Bernard Herrmann's Psycho is one of my favorite scores of all time. So, so there you go. The number of times I've heard that while conducting interviews will not surprise you. Um, <laughs> uh, the Bernard Herrmann Psycho? Right. Just, or Bernard Herrmann in general. Yeah. Um, sure, sure, sure. Which, I mean, <laughs> I would honestly be suspicious, I think, of any composer I spoke with who was like, ah, he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with you there. I mean, completely, completely. One of the things I, I've noticed about your work um, is that you kind of get to work in this um the a lot of the like the horror stuff that you work on has a very like humorous or playful element to it um and it seems like that lets your music 
uh, I mean, is that just the work that comes to you? Is that something that you appreciate? Because it does seem like it it lets like it sure. lets you be a little lighter. I'm I'm thinking specifically of like stuff like the Happy Death Day movies, yep. or um, I cannot believe the number of people I have talked to about Into the Dark. Uh, and Puka really? specifically, <laughs> like yeah, Puka. It just keeps oh, coming was, up. But that was so that was so much fun. Um, yeah, Puka. Um, um, so, so yeah. Let me let me talk about that. I like I, first of all uh, the the appreciation part of it. I like I so appreciate some lightness and and all the horror. I, I also just think that's like a modern way of of like making horror films. Um, I think Blumhouse is like a really good example of that. Like Jordan Peele, I think he's just like setting the tone for Hollywood horror films. Um, they're like, you go see these. Well, maybe now I guess you don't go so much with the (laughs) pandemic, but like you, you watch these movies and it's like this ride, you know, there's like, you get this thrill, but you're also like, you're just, there are these buoys of like lightness and humor that, that make it like a really fun ride. Um, so I, first of all, I just totally appreciate as a viewer having, having some lightness and some humor in the movies. Um, so yeah, like the happy death day movies, Puka, like those were so fun. They're just so fun. Um, and I do think musically, I think there are two ways to look at it. I think, I think on one hand you, you want to like, you want to be careful as the composer and as the filmmaker, because I think when the music, when the music gets like too comedic, then it kind of like underplays the dark stuff. And then somehow it's not as funny, but like you, I, I feel like I've, I've imagined like test screenings of like, like, um, like a comedy, like I, I should say like a comedy beat in a horror film where you've on, in one version, you've got like funny music and in another, you've got like really scary music. I think somehow the one that's playing scary is always going to be funnier. So, um, I, so that's all to say that like, I, like, I never like to step on the funny stuff and, and bring it out too much. Cause like underneath, like there's usually like a guy with a knife who's like trying to kill our main character (laughs) or something. So I think playing that and having the score really like functionally be attached to that is um is the most important thing like bottom line always um but there there's something about these movies and maybe it's just the filmmakers they bring this energy with them that allows for like happy death day for example we did stuff that was more traditional orchestration so there were like uh these flavors of alan silvestri and and bernard herman that are just so fun and i think i think for a movie that might take itself too seriously you might not get to go there. So it's just a win-win. I, yeah, it's, it's all super fun. What for you as a composer is, is sort of the, the difference between doing film and television, because you've gotten to do like, like technically, I guess Puka counts as like a made for TV movie kind of thing, but you've also done, like these series, like in the case of Walking Dead, like a series that's been running forever, but you've also done stuff 
what I find really interesting is like you've done Agents of Shield, which is like something that is very hardcore tied into a cinematic property, while mm-hmm. also doing like Fantasy Island, which is a movie based on a TV show. So like there's this I, I see like you've got like all of this very interesting like uh cross platform stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really true. Um it's 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 tough to draw the line like anywhere other than simply the the deadlines. Um and I hate to like go there but but like with a movie that you've usually there you spend months like making a score for like you know 60 minutes of music um on tv you'll spend you'll you'll crank out 60 minutes of music in two weeks you know easily so there's like that creates differences in the music um i think i think just simply because like with tv usually you need some help um things are i like things are usually more um, broad strokes. Like you create some themes for the entire season and then you kind of reuse them and, and develop them. Um, but bottom line, I think no matter what, this goes for TV or movies, um, like, and especially, especially with Bear, and this is something I have always appreciated about him, is we just like to keep everything cinematic. And like, no matter what, you just like put whatever you're, watching and scoring into a vacuum and you ask yourself like how can we make this as awesome as possible whether it's getting an orchestra or like doing synths it's all just like you figure out the logistics later and like shield for example like that show had seven seasons of almost 22 episodes um for every season (laughs) um and we had an orchestra on every single one of them that's crazy so um, but we made it work. So it sounds cinematic and, and awesome. Um, so I think, I think ultimately it's like the lines are really starting to blur and especially today shows, uh, shows are becoming, you know, where people say we're in like the golden age of TV. I think that's true. You know, I think TV is like incredible right now. The, the bar just keeps going higher and higher and the budgets become higher. Um, and, and the music like kind of gets carried along with that. So, uh, you know, I think they should all be treated the same, no matter what. That's that's how I I feel. I've I've talked with a, a, a few people uh, here and there in different facets of like making TV and film and stuff like that. Um, okay. And the thing that pops up frequently is the discussion about how like because of streaming, like your shows are sitting like shoulder to shoulder you know like a television show is sitting shoulder to shoulder with like something that was originally developed to be shown on you know a gigantic you know 35 50 foot screen and so like the the differentiation between you know uh television or cinema like i mean Mm -hmm. those those that those two things are both you know, their entertainment that you can watch at home, uh, back to back if you want to. <laughs> that that's so true. That's so and, and all the more reason that they should be treated the same. And and you know, frankly, you see now it's it's not it's not even just the music or the directors or behind the scene guys or the, the the editors and cinematographers, but like actors. You have like A list people coming from movies and doing and doing series now, you know? And so it all it all really is totally blurring together. Which uh, it is cool. I think it's cool. Um, 
I guess I'd like to talk a little bit more about like your your um education because you said you went to the Berkeley School of Music, which is like not an inconsiderable <laughs> pedigree to have. Um, <laughs> sure. Um, did you did you come did you come to music via like what were you doing growing up like through high school that, that, that yeah. landed you there? Whew, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> and I, 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 like, I so hope this inspires younger people to somehow, just somehow. But in any case, um, I picked up a guitar when I was like 12 years old, um, totally out of the blue. I wasn't even really into music before I was like 12. I, I, I can't tell you what started it, but one day I was like, Hey dad, do we have a, do we have a guitar in this house? Don't we have a guitar? And, and he, he was like, yeah, cause he's a guitar player. So he like went and grabbed his acoustic and, and I just started playing. And so I was, I like film music never really crossed my brain until my second year at Berkeley. So like there was like a 10, almost a 10 year stretch there where I was just, um, just playing guitar and I, I got into jazz guitar and I really studied and like, you know, got some serious jazz guitar chops. And in fact, I went to Berkeley as a jazz guitar player and like film music didn't even cross my mind. I was just, I was just playing guitar. So, um, and I think in so many ways, like the, the performance and the, like the playing of an instrument and just being really focused on, on, performing music is is really great so i you know so i hope someone can take that away like you can you can play any instrument and like and totally go in any direction with that so when i got to berkeley i was like okay maybe i'll maybe i'll do like engineering and be like an engineer i think i've got a good ear i like you know i like tech stuff um i didn't get accepted into the the (laughs) music production and engineering program so I, i like pivoted and went into music synth and did that and then and then there was this poster for like a film scoring contest and i just like i in my mind i like ripped it down and like <laughs> was like i'm gonna do this i don't think i ripped it off the wall but like i uh i i did the contest and and i became a finalist and it was like super fun that's the bottom line and i was i was just like this is so fun and uh and so that just led to the next thing which led me to the burger joint where i ran into my teacher who was like you should work for bear and so, uh, yeah, it's just, it all happened really fast, but guitar, you know, um, that was, that was my thing. So anyway, there you go. Do you remember like what the first song you played was or like learn yes. to play rather? Yeah. Um, this is, yeah, I think the first song I ever learned was, um, Nirvana come as you are. Yeah. That sounds that, that I would, that's up there like when i don't play any instruments because i have terrible uh hand-eye coordination um uh but that was one of the first songs my brother learned how to play and i think i've heard that thanks to him learning how to play it i've heard it played at literally every skill level (laughs) that's really funny yeah it's just one of the i feel like as a guitar player there's there you can like count on two hands like the number of songs that like people pick up as their first song but yeah, that, that, that I don't know. Nirvana, I love Nirvana. So, um, yeah, come as you are. One, that's funny. So the shed is getting a vinyl release. Um, are you a, are you a vinyl person? I would be lying if I said I was like a 
a vinyl person. I think I, I've like always appreciated vinyl and like in my house, my dad had a, had a vinyl and like a, like an amp and like crazy good speakers growing up and uh, a vinyl system, I should say. And he would play like B-52s and, um, you know, like classic rock albums and stuff like that. Um, but beyond, beyond that, um, it's, it's simply for me, and maybe this is, you know, just an age thing. I, I, I grew up in the nineties. Um, I see vinyls as like this really cool collector's item that, is more like significant as a, as like a thing you hold in your hand than, than, um, than a listening experience. That's just me. Um, I think, and there's like this cool resurgence that's happening with vinyl, you know? Um, so we actually have a vinyl player in our house here. We, we just like haven't hooked it up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Cause like we have like Alexa and, you know, like good speakers everywhere. Um, that are hooked into Wi-Fi. So, uh, so yeah, I, beyond like simply, appreciating like deeply the meaning that vinyl has it like i you know my parents have told stories that like for them like how much like you know they would talk about the like they would wake up in the middle of the night and the needles like in the middle like <laughs> you know looping on the on the noise um which i've i've never experienced that uh myself um so maybe i'm you know maybe i'm just showing my age here but but yeah that's that's what it is to me to me it's like this thing that you hold and it's and it's and it's beautiful and it's like in a way it's like a relic of like where music has come to and the fact that like we can still make these things is like just so cool so yeah that's that's my take well i mean <clears throat> will this be the first time you've had like a physical release of any of your music yeah yeah um it it sure is um yeah yeah and and like i you know uh, I've, I've worked on a, a bunch of things with, with, um, bear of course. Um, and, but my name is not like on there as a sole composer. So this is, this is absolutely the first, the first physical release I've ever had. I'm, I'm so stoked. And and like huge shout out by the way, to Frank Sabatella, who's the director of the shed. He was just pushing for this and pushing for, um, for vinyl specifically. And I, you know, I was just kind of like, okay, yeah, we'll see. But he like, he pushed me and pushed bear and we made it happen. And Joe Augustine helped coordinate everything. So I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm so stoked. Um, the shed like had like a really prominent, like, um, like festival run, uh, where like it, it like generated like all of this momentum before it, it finally, um, hit, um, streaming services earlier this year. Um, is it kind of, is it, uh, being as how some of, uh, the, the other stuff you've done has been, uh, rather more, uh, direct routes. Was it, were you sort of following like it, it's, it's like sort of ever, uh, rising path. Yeah, absolutely. And I've been, I've been, you know, in touch with Frank and with, and with Corey and Peter about, um, you know, it's progress and, and here we are now it's, it like coming out on shutter. Um, I'm so, uh, it's just so cool. Um, it's, and it's like scary when you're in the middle of it. I mean, and like, I can't, I can't really speak to that as, 
as the composer because like my you know my responsibility is to make sure the music is as cool as possible but then you know the the team had to take this thing and and give it a home you know um and it's just been it's been it's been cool and i just i just appreciate the whole process and um you know in the meantime it's like i just i just all i do is write the music you know <laughs> but but <laughs> in any case yeah it's been it's been really cool to watch i'm i'm excited about the, the release on shutter so um you have this and um what are you working on at the moment that you can talk about i do yeah sure <laughs> um well let's see we are so some interesting like developments have or i should say a lack of developments have happened thanks to covid i mean this is i think this is just like a worldwide thing but a lot of things that were being shot have been put on hold so um co-scoring the walking dead season 11 with bear was underway and by now we should have gotten started but they just put a halt on shooting in atlanta so we're waiting on that um same with c which is apple tv's show with jason momoa um season two we were like just about to get to get started with that i'm not co-scoring the show but i am like helping bear with the music on that and um that just got put on hold we had a couple of movies. Um, we had a couple of movies that, fortunately for us, were um, uh, in post production. So we have one little Blumhouse movie, and there's also a, a movie I'm I'm working on with with Corey Neal, uh, who's the guy from The Shed. So uh, producer, and uh, I don't I don't want to say much more about that that little flick, but it's it's totally in terms of tone completely the opposite direction is the shed it's got a lot of cool sort of trent Reznoraticus ross uh um synth elements and it's in the future so uh so that's that's what i'm up to now um and uh yeah just you know kind of kind of waiting for stuff to come down the pipeline to be honest like i think a lot of people are it, that seems to be very much a recurring theme uh, in everyone I've talked to for about the last four months. So, like, uh, <laughs> I, I, as I'm, I'm sure you're aware, you are you are not alone. Uh, that is not so much a boat as it is an ocean liner. Yeah, it's it's it, it's crazy, but yeah, it's whatever. You know, it's too bad, and like we we don't have to get into the whole COVID yep. situation, but like anyway, yeah, it, it's rough out there. Well, Sam, I want to thank you for taking time uh, to talk to me this morning. I really appreciate it. Um, This has been a lot of fun. And uh, I I hope you have a good rest of your day, sir. Oh, well, thank you, Nick. This has been my pleasure.
Thanks to Sam Ewing for talking with me. The Shed is currently available via most digital streaming services and on vinyl from Enjoy the Ride Records. You can find his website at sam-ewing.com, and Ewing is also on Twitter at Sam J. Ewing, and on Instagram at samuel.j.ewing. You can find links to purchase all of the music you heard on the show in the show notes for this episode, which are at fromaninspiredby.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at fromInspiredPod, and can be found on Instagram at fromaninspiredby. You can subscribe to us via Apple Podcast, Stitcher, and Spotify. Click those follow and subscribe buttons, please. Also, please hit up the website and click on the aid and assistance button to help pay for web hosting and long distance fees. And remember to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. We'll be back in two weeks talking the massive international success of the 800 with music supervisor Fei Yu and composer Andrew Kaczynski. Until then, thanks for listening. <laughs>